Looking for a graduation gift to inform, inspire, and encourage? When you give a subscription to Christianity Today, you're giving redemptive, relevant news and thoughtful balanced dialogue about the church, current issues, and public theology. Visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to get a discounted student subscription for the graduates in your life. Starting at only $2 per month, this gift will engage and grow their faith throughout the year. Click the link in the show notes or visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to order now. is the Church Law Podcast, where you can get practical solutions for today's leaders. I'm your host, Erika Cole, the church attorney. Welcome back to the Church Law Podcast. I'm your host, Erika Cole, known as the church attorney. As we're recording this podcast, we're in the midst of the holiday season. So happy holidays to you all. Um, It's always a special time of year. It can be particularly hectic as well. And for nonprofits and churches, this end of year timeframe is often the time of greatest giving. I'm excited to be talking about finances and your church, stabilizing church finances after COVID. I'm excited to invite to the podcast today, Mike Boyer. He is the Senior Vice President of Ministry Lending for Christian Community Credit Union. The Christian Community Credit Union is a faith-based, purpose-driven financial cooperative whose mission is to serve Christ followers to live and give more abundantly. For over 65 years, they have provided individuals and ministries with the financial tools and knowledge they need to grow and thrive financially so they can transform our world through generosity. Thank you so much, Mike, for being here on the Church Law Podcast today. Thanks, Erika. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm excited to talk. All right. Well, I've shared a little bit in the bio about who you are and about Christian Community Credit Union, but why don't you tell us a bit more about the credit union, what makes you unique in the way that you serve? Yeah, the the benefit of obviously being a credit union is that we are non-for-profit. So we are owned by our members and we're cooperative in that way. And so we're giving back. One of the Best parts is every deposit that we have is invested back into ministry and back into just the Christian community. So it's bringing us all together. We work with ministries, been doing it for a long time, and it's our pleasure to serve. And it's our heart to serve ministries. And I like to say we want to serve ministries in all life stages of ministry. So whether it's the church plant that's just starting out or that church that's in the multi-site and trying to just launch out into multiple locations. We're here to serve them. So it's exciting. It's fun stuff to do. Fantastic. Thanks for being here. So I've got a few questions for you, as you may have imagined. (laughs) (laughs) I think that our listeners are going to appreciate learning some things we talked about in the preview. And I'll just start off with this. Churches and faith-based organizations have had a challenging few years. COVID, et cetera, which makes stabilizing finances particularly important at this time. Some of the maybe positives that churches may have experienced um, during COVID times is less overhead, maybe Mm -hmm. just because they were using their facility less, 
some churches may have taken advantage of the PPP loans and also at this point received loan forgiveness. Some may have applied for the employer retention credit, which by the way, I know that there's some unscrupulous folks out there who want to get churches involved in hairy ways, but there's some good information that will probably pop into the show notes as well if your church is still wanting to explore that. But at this point, there are some challenges that some churches may be experiencing coming on the other side. So what are some of the challenges that you're seeing given your experience in the financial industry? Yeah, it's well, it's been interesting times because we had the pandemic and ministry expenses just changed and shifted during those periods of time. So everything you talked about, you know, went from in-person services, vacation Bible schools, those type of things, and those programs went away. So churches now are trying to reassess who are we in this new world? And then all of a sudden inflation jumps in there and and is going to start hitting ministries really at the expense side. And as those expenses go up, but, you know, we saw ministries during the pandemic, some actually, like you said, benefited from programs like PPP. And as they walk through those things, they've actually been able to build up some cash reserves. So it's kind of now the reality is setting in and now it's back to normal, which normal is probably not so normal. So, yeah. So at this point, we're seeing ministries reassess. Who are we? What are we trying to do? And trying to work through that. And from a financials perspective is reassessing budgets and just walking through their budgets. And I think that's a big important part is ministries need to make sure they start there with a budget and understand how to do a budget, how to stabilize themselves, understand what is their why, why or why they exist as a ministry, who they are here to serve. And going through that, make sure they're budgeting appropriately, I think is a big part as they try to stabilize because it's not the pandemic years. Now you're dealing with inflation with that's a big part on the expense side to them today. Yeah, no, that's really good. And there's a certain reality, as you suggested, that churches are still, in my experience, trying to assess what are we going to actually experience in coming years, right? Because now that churches are back in person and many have been in person for well over a year, but there's still some question about who the congregation is, like who's how are we settling out? What are our numbers looking like? You know, so I think that you raise valid points there. I would want to know, and I think our listeners would want to hear, are there certain benchmarks or other considerations that lenders look for to determine the financial health of a church? I mean, is there a way for our listeners to be able to assess, maybe do a little bit of a self-assessment? Yeah, certainly. And I think that's one of the questions. I think as consumers, we realize there's certain things that lenders are looking for, whether it's your credit score, your debt to income, those type of things. In churches, it's very different, um, which is why a lot of financial institutions typically will have to specialize in even understanding nonprofits, how to underwrite them. But some of the basic fundamentals are still there. So cash flow is key in any of this. So just like in our own personal lives, we want to see ministries living within their budget, um, spending less than what comes in. And first and foremost, making sure that they're doing ministry. Those are the big parts is that we want to make sure cash flow is looked at and make sure they're budgeting accordingly. When we look at cash flow, we do a calculation called debt service coverage ratio. So if ministries wanted to do this assessment, they could look at it. What we're looking for is, is there net income at the end? So what type of retained earnings are there? And taking that up against and how much can they cover a debt payment? 
And so that debt service coverage ratio is looking at that calculation specifically. We as a financial institution look at that. You know, you're adding back things like depreciation or any non-cash items as we're walking through that calculation. That's the first calculation we're typically looking at as a lender. Second is good cash reserves. We want to see ministries making sure they have the reserves in place. And we have seen reserves build over the last few years for some ministries, and that's been a good thing. We would say at minimum, any ministry should have at least 30 days of expenses and reserves. That should be the minimum. That really just helps to make sure if there's anything that comes up that the ministry can walk through it. But really, depending on the size and complexity of the ministry, they should probably be looking at more like six months of reserves at minimum based off of how big they are, what the complexity of the ministry is. But the benchmark that we actually also look at is how much of their budget is going towards salaries and their mortgage. Because what we want to see is a ministry spending more on ministry than spending on a mortgage. Ministry doesn't exist to pay a mortgage. They exist to do ministry. And that's important to us. And we want to make sure that that's part of the calculation as we walk through it is making sure the mortgage isn't a big part of their total budget. That is actually ministry. That is a big part of their budget. Those are really helpful benchmarks. I really appreciate those three specific items that you outlined. And just as a follow-up on how those reserves are utilized, what I heard you say that really stood out in a positive way is that you want to see churches using money for ministry more so than what I would categorize as overhead. Right. And if we're talking about mortgage specifically, I mean, can I ask you specifically, like at what percentage of a church's budget would you want to have allocated for mortgage or not more than this percentage? Yeah. So what we look at is there's the big part is making sure that the debt service ratio. So we're looking at what is the mortgage as a percentage of total budget that should not exceed 30%. What that is really kind of the top mark we look at. If it goes above that, we have to look at other circumstances. What is it within their budget that makes up for the difference? But I will tell you, that's still a pretty high number because 30%, you look at it, that's 70% to do everything else with. And then when you talk about salaries, as you're walking through with the ministry on that, then you're saying, hey, we don't want that to exceed about 55% of the total budget. So ultimately, what we want to see is ministries, majority of their budget is actually spent on ministry and not on those two factors right there. And so that's a big part for us. And we look at that, we calculate it and make sure when people come to us, how much can I borrow for us? What's important is saying, hey, don't exceed your loan amount shouldn't exceed three times your total income. And that's another number we look at. So there's a lot of variables that go into it. And we take all those variables together and make sure they match up. But those are some of the benchmarks that we look at as a financial institution and kind of walk through that. So any of the listeners are trying to figure out, well, what can we borrow? How much can we afford as a ministry, especially as they're looking at projects? This is a time to try to figure that out. Those are some of the calculations we use. No, that's really good. And I just want to reiterate, as an attorney whose practice is focused on representing churches and ministries for over 24 years now, just I found that lots of churches didn't necessarily have a budget and sort of we're doing a little bit of the back of the napkin kind of approach. And I think that if anything in this season, um, just really taking advantage of some of the online tools and sketching out a budget. As a matter of fact, if you sort of want to work on this 
now as we're coming into the end of the year to make sure that you've got that 2023 budget up and ready. I think that that's going to serve you particularly well. And maybe um, sort of coming back on the heels of looking at church finances and maybe how sometimes, unfortunately, churches may find themselves in a challenging situation, right? And so I think I'd share with you that in a bit of our preview that I've had many churches come to me after they've already defaulted on a loan or are in a severe financial crisis. And sometimes these things happen over time, right? The churches just sort of see their giving dwindle, kind of go down over time, year over year. Maybe membership is a big part of that, it going down year over year. Um, Or sometimes it could be more acute. There's a church split. There's a fight of some sort. There's a employee issue or there's some other kind of crisis. Um, So what would you say to a church that's having financial challenges? Yeah, I worked with ministries during the Great Recession, um, seven years straight, just completely working on on this piece with ministries. And I will tell you, communication is key. The first and foremost, they just need to come forward with their to their lender and really have early and often discussions on what is going on. This is actually a big benefit if they get in front of their lender soon, because then they can understand how their financial institution can help them. A lot of ministries are afraid to, they're like, well, I don't want to let them know there's any weakness, but really what it should be is walking in and really just talking through what's going on and also coming up with a plan and talking with them about here's the plan that we have to kind of walk through this, which then goes to the second point is communication with the congregation. I think it's really important to make sure all involved understand what is happening I've seen this done well in my own church as, you know, we started experiencing some some of the revenue drop that we didn't expect. Well, early and often communication to your congregation is helpful too because of the fact it's not panic mode. It is more of here's the reality of the situation. Here's what we see is happening. And here's how we're adjusting. Here's the plans that we put in place. And both parties, the lender and the congregation are happy to hear what's going on it's getting it out there soon, right? Versus waiting till later when you're in a panic mode, which is when you are hearing about it and they're in default, they're missing payments, those type of things. I will tell you that there's no such thing as too early or too often of communication on either side. I think as a lender, the earlier I hear it, the better, because then I can have discussions with them very early on of what options they have in front of them. And In commercial lending, there's more options than you would even consider. There's a lot of flexibility in what we can do as we work with ministries. And as a credit union, our heart is to work with ministries through this. We want to see ministries thrive. We're here to serve ministries. So early communication and communication, communication, communication. I I think that's just the, the biggest thing we should be talking about when it's talking about financial challenges. No, I think that's well said. I often echo the same thing with my clients and working through that when I would have those issues before me. And I do also want to distinguish because I think it can be confusing. And on the residential side, um, you talked about the Great Recession. I also, again, was in business and representing churches through that time as well. 
And we saw a lot of focus on the residential side. And often what happened is that your lender would say, I can't talk to you until you're in default. And then we can't do anything for you until you're at least three months in default. And I think that mentality can sometimes also seep into the church and it, it can become a bit confusing that on the commercial side, really it's the total opposite. They don't need you to be in default. In fact, there are ways that maybe we can help you not be in default. And so I just want to highlight that because I think that some of the misinformation is because of the great dichotomy (laughs) between how things happen on the residential side versus the commercial side. Yeah. I think that that you bring up a great point because this is not just a confusion when loans are going bad. This is also one when ministries are coming to apply for a loan, they, they think the loan is going to be structured like a residential mortgage. It's not structured like a residential mortgage. And not so there's all. that confusion. There's a confusion of, no, I have to be past due to get any help at all. And it's really very different. It's very much here. Let us know what the issues are that you're running through. And let's talk through how we can help out through that. I will say the... A lot of ministries did learn going through the pandemic, those that did struggle um, when they would walk in, we were looking at budgets. We were looking at what was the trending that was going on. And those are the ones that we were able to help through the process and really understand how we can do those things. And so on the commercial side, commercial lending is very different than what you would have on residential mortgage. It's very much early communication, and you do have some flexibility when it comes to, and it does depend on the financial institution. Not to say every financial institution, they may have policies in place that are very different. I just know from where I've been working in credit unions and community banks, those are the places where they typically are going to work through a lot of these situations. They're not loaded up with bureaucracy. They're typically feet on the ground, want to work with ministries through this. So I think that's the good news, depending on who you're working with can matter. But majority of those that I've worked with, they're willing to work through those hard times. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I also want to talk about the other side of the coin, because frankly, there are churches I've seen who've emerged from COVID and related challenges with fantastic balance sheets. What are considerations? (laughs) You know, what considerations might churches consider as they are maybe having more than their usual reserves or maybe even greater giving, or they may really have a great debt to income ratio in comparison. And so what would you say to those churches that maybe have more cash on hand than they did pre-COVID? Yeah. And we have seen this as we've, all the ministries we've been working with, we're seeing more, some with more liquidity than they had prior to the pandemic. And so the questions come, what do we do? And so I think the first and foremost, which we've talked about already is reserves. What is appropriate for your ministry? Assessing what is appropriate for your ministry and having that really good conversation. How much do we need to have appropriate reserves? Where do we feel comfortable? Once they've assessed that and they've determined that for their ministry, then the next is looking at if they have any loans, do they need that much debt? Can they retire some of that debt or can they retire all of that debt? I've been happy to see that we've had ministries actually pay off loans with us because they've actually, not because they refinanced somewhere else, they've used their cash to pay off their loan and they've gotten rid of a debt burden, which I think is a great place for ministries to be. Adds so much more flexibility to their budget, adds back to the thing. They're doing more with ministry, less with paying debt. Then the next is once they go through that is understanding what projects they want to do. 
And then it's to the question if they need to finance a portion of that budget of that project is, okay, how much can we afford to borrow based off of what we've seen in our revenue or giving contributions? What are we doing there? So those are all the pieces is walking through and understanding what to do with those cash reserves. What I think ministries and I hear often from ministries, which is great, is that the money we have is here to be used and served in ministry and making sure they're walking through that process. And I think that's the part that is really making sure that they understand that. Well, and I want to highlight, frankly, as a tax-exempt organization, that is also the point, right? That is why organizations, churches are exempt from taxes because they are charitable. Um, they serve this charitable purpose. And so we definitely want to make sure that ministry funds are are focused on that. Last question, Mike, as we wrap up, I know that except for as God has given us vision through his word, et cetera, you know, we don't know the future, but in what ways do you see high inflation, interest rates, et cetera, impacting church operations? And how do you see these things playing out in the future? Yeah. Well, the first, just like everyone else, churches are seeing their expenses increase. Um, this can stress operations as they need to meet the needs of the ministry. Churches will need to assess everything from utility costs, salary expense, and all of their fixed expenses as they're going up back to why budgets are so important is they really need to make sure that they're looking at this and, and being realistic of, wow, these expenses have gone up. How do we handle that? And how do they walk through that? So I think that's number one is making sure the budget is the budget process. This is the time of year. And just like you say, I've seen ministries without budgets. I've seen plenty of ministries without budgets. And that's one of the things that we're asking for is what does a budget look like for your ministry and it doesn't have to be complex. I think that's the other part is overwhelming. It doesn't have to be. It can be very simple budgets. Um, most smaller ministries, it's as simple as doing your personal budget, as easy as doing something like that. The other thing is we are seeing ministries with higher inflation, higher interest rates, is they need to look at their... If they do have a loan, they need to look at their loan docs. They need to see... Just like what we talked about, it's not like a residential mortgage. There could be balloon payments. There could be interest rate change. And if those things are coming up, they need to start talking to financial institutions and really walking through, here's what I have coming up. Here's the events I see in my loan documents. Can I get some help refinancing now early? Does it make sense to do it early? Because it depends on what their current interest rate is, what we think interest rates are going to change as they go forward. So ministries should be looking at those things right now if they haven't already done so and making sure they understand that. But to kind of close it out, the good news is those ministries with cash reserves, higher interest rates mean actually ministries are going to benefit from their savings. So the reserves they do have will actually earn more than it has in the past. So this is time for them to go out into the marketplace, look at different financial institutions and find places to put their money to really earn more. Because I think there's definitely a lot more earnings out there to be had for ministries than they've had in the past. The last 10 years, we've had historic low interest rates. And so both on the lending side, but also on the saving side, well, now as the loan side is going up, so are the saving side. So this is a time for them to go out there. But overall, I think we can talk finances, but we need ministries just be faithful to God. One as our provider, but we need to be good stewards with what he's provided. And I think that's the part that we have to keep in mind in all of this is that we are to be good stewards with what God has provided. And all the discussion we had here is about being that good steward. Amen. That's a great way to end. 
Mike, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Grateful for you being here. I'm excited for our listeners to hear what you have to share. And listeners, thank you so much for being here as well. If you found value in the Church Law Podcast, please leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and a short review so that other church leaders can benefit from this valuable resource. I'm happy to be your host, Erika Cole, the church attorney, and you can learn more about me and how I serve churches and their leaders at erikacole.com. That's E-R-I-K-A-C-O-L-E.com. For listening. If you found value in the Church Law Podcast, please leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and a short review so that other church leaders can benefit from this valuable resource. I'm happy to be your host, Erika Cole, the church attorney, and you can learn more about me and how I serve churches and their leaders at erikacole.com. That's erikacole.com. Podcast is brought to you by Church Law and Tax, part of Christianity Today's podcast network. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that the host and the publisher are not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, or other professional services. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional person should be sought. Due to the nature of the U.S. legal system, laws and regulations constantly change. Listeners are encouraged to consult with legal counsel to verify the information provided here remains current. Visit churchlawandtax.com for more insights.